Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Here's the podcast for The Jeremiah Johnston Show. And don't forget, you can also listen live across the Faith Radio Network Saturdays at 11 a.m. Central or 12 Eastern for the entire hour. And if you want your question read on the live show, go ahead and send it to me at www.askjjj.com. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to The Jeremiah Johnston Show. Combining cutting-edge biblical scholarship with meaningful, thought-provoking discussions and practical answers to your questions. It's time to own your faith and be a Christian thinker with our host, author, Bible scholar, apologist, and president of the Christian Thinker Society, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. Welcome to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. Today we dedicate the entire program to what it means to think critically as a Christian. Now, unfortunately, in some Protestant and evangelical circles, it's looked down upon to say that you are a critical thinker. It's as if you are being critical of your faith or critical of the Bible or somehow negative. Uh, Friends, that is not what it means to be a critical Christian thinker. In fact, we're going to discuss what it means to think critically as a Christian, not to be an uncritical, unlearned thinker, but what does it mean to be a critical thinking Christian? This is such a fun topic. I can't think of anyone better to join us than my good friend, President David Dockery, who is the president at Trinity International University. He's a godfather of Christian education in America. He's written so many books, I've lost count. He's just such a great thinker himself and a fine Christian man. Um, who has inspired leaders all over the United States. So I'm going to be discussing this with him after the break. But I want to begin with why do you, and I'm talking to you, the listener, need to be a critical thinker? Because, you know, I train young believers. I'll never forget when someone said to me something like, well, you know, Jeremiah, uh, I don't need to be a critical thinker. The Holy Spirit's just going to tell me what I need to say in the moment that I need to say it. Have you ever had someone say that to you? I mean, that is, first of all, taking the Holy Spirit text totally out of context. There's no question the Holy Spirit will give us what to say. But guess what? You're not really giving them a lot to work with if you're not prepared. If you're not a critical thinker, the Holy Spirit isn't going to have much to work with. I want to give him more to work with in my life. There's really two or three reasons why I need to be a good Christian thinker. Number one, my testimony depends on it. I need to be able to speak and think clearly about my own faith. And that's what this program's all about. Number two, I need to be able to defend my faith. I can't defend my faith if I don't think clearly about it. And then make no mistake, Christianity is a historical belief system. It is based in historical evidence. And so, you know, if I have someone from Jehovah's Witnesses or a Mormon from a Mormon cult knock on my door, I'm not nervous about that because I know something of the Bible's basic history. I know something of the evidential bedrock of my faith. And so there's two or three reasons why it's important right at the outset for you today to know what it means to be a critical Christian thinker. And I hope that before this program is over, you will commit to the Lord to love God critically. Again, that's positive holistically with your mind, with a reasonable, intelligent, informed, conversant faith. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to be back in 90 seconds again with President David Dockery. We're also taking your questions at askjjj.com. We're going to step away for a break. Back with David Dockery, 90 seconds. Stay with us. 
And welcome to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. This is your host, Jeremiah, welcoming you to another episode of the Jeremiah Johnston Show, where we feature and celebrate the brightest Christian thinkers around the world today. And friends, it's been so delightful uh, to welcome so many different guests from across the Christian spectrum. Uh, But I'm especially excited about our guest today, a gentleman whom I and so many others have admired in just evangelicalism today, both in higher education and the church for his work, um, serving now, I believe, in, in his 25th year as a university president. Of course, I'm talking about Dr. David Dockery, who is the current president of Trinity International University, widely regarded as one of the godfathers of Christian higher education today, of Christian leadership, of denominationalism, a great Christian author, uh, just a phenomenal Christian thinker. Dr. Dockery, it's so great to welcome you to the program today. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Jeremiah. I'm, I'm honored to be with you today. Our passion is inspiring Christians to be thinkers on this program, to follow Jesus' great command in Matthew 22:37. And so uh, I know it's something you've given a great deal of thought uh, to, both at academic, scholarly levels, but also in the popular world. What does it mean to you, Dr. Dockery, to be a Christian thinker? And is that something for just the Delta Force chosen few Christians, or is that something for everyone who follows Jesus? I think everyone who is a Christ follower uh, needs to understand that the Christian faith has um, a, a content aspect to it. It is not just an experience, and it's not only that we believe in Jesus Christ, but we believe things about Jesus Christ. It's not just that we believe there is a God, but we believe that this God has acted and spoken, and so. Uh, there is a content element that requires uh, mental engagement uh, to understand who God is, uh, what he has done, how he's revealed himself in Jesus Christ. And so it calls upon all of us to think, reflect, prayerfully consider uh, these matters so that we don't just have uh, subjective belief in belief, but we actually are placing our faith in Jesus Christ, who has revealed God perfectly to us and who has been made known to us in the Holy Scripture, and uh, who himself, as you've noted, told us not only to love God with our heart, soul, and strength, uh, but with our mind as well, and who gave us the Spirit, who renews our mind so that we can think rightly about the things of God. So I think all Christians have a responsibility to be thoughtful Christ followers. Certainly there are some who've been especially gifted, uh, called to be theologians and leaders and philosophers and uh, to help engage deeply in these matters, but uh, the rest of the church can't leave all of these things up just a few. Um, mm. We're all to be learners, thinkers, and that's what a disciple is, is a learner and a follower. And so we want to be faithful Christ followers in that way. Dr. Dockery, I know that you have authored or edited more than 30 volumes, and you've contributed to a minimum of at least 60 other books. Um, you're known for 
your authorship of great Christian works, but as well as leadership. And you have this great ability. You're, you're like a hybrid university president because um, what you do doesn't just impact the ivory tower. It really, it really leaks down and trickles down and impacts the church. And that's why I've always just so admired you and your leadership. What does it mean, though, to you for the benefit of our audience? And Dr. Dockery, we have Christians who have followed Jesus for years that listen to this program. And then we have brand new Christians. We even have many who are skeptics or what I would call seekers. Um, and when I say things like being a Christian thinker or even my ministry has been ridiculed by some in the secular media because they say, oh, a Christian thinker, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> and I always respond, well, for some people that probably is true <laughs> and it shouldn't be. Um, but when I talk really at the essence is thinking critically as a Christian, can you just can you wax for a moment on what does it mean to think critically as a believer in Jesus Christ? Yeah, um, unfortunately, there is a sense uh, today in which uh, people think of the Christian faith as being anti-intellectual and, you know, somewhat mindless, totally um, experiential in its approach. And uh, that's just not the right understanding of Christian history. Uh, Christian faith has produced um, some of the great thinkers uh, over the last 2,000 years, uh, beginning with Justin Martyr and Irenaeus. Uh, Certainly in the 4th, 5th century, St. Augustine, uh, one of the most incredible minds ever. Uh, The Reformation, the same is true with uh, Erasmus, Martin Luther, John Calvin, uh, and others, and then in American Christianity, beginning with uh, Jonathan Edwards, probably the greatest thinker in American history. Uh, And on the other side of the Atlantic, uh, people like C.S. Lewis and Dorothy Sayers, and Mm. people in all fields and walks of life uh, who have influenced literature, science, humanities, the arts, uh, have been uh, Christian leaders. And so it's it's really a shame that the church has allowed this uh, shallow understanding of the Christian faith uh, mm. to be propagated and so misunderstood by the context and the culture. And so I think we have been called to, as you say, think critically but I would say also think Christianly uh, and do those things together um, so that we can engage the great ideas of history, uh, the significant issues of our day, and understand that there is a Christian way of uh, thinking about those matters. Uh, It provides a lens... uh, you know, a window uh, through which we can see the world. And uh, we, we do those things because we believe that all knowledge, all truth, all understanding finds its source in God. Mm. And uh, that the, the world as we know it is held together and finds its very being in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Uh, as the Apostle Paul says in 
Colossians chapter 1 is um, the the one who, who does hold all things together by his powerful word. And so there's a coherence uh, to life and a coherence to thought, uh, even in, you know, with the mystery and uh, questions that remain. Uh, we can approach life from a standpoint that uh, there, there's, there is indeed a, a Christian understanding of all aspects of life. And we, we're called to think deeply about those matters. If you're just joining us across Faith Radio Network, my guest is Dr. David Dockery, the current president of Trinity International University and a gentleman who has given leadership at places like the Council of Christian Colleges and Universities. Um, I'm going to ask him later in another segment about his great leadership skills. There are many men and women who are uh, leaders of their own universities and colleges now who once served under Dr. Dockery. It's just such a delight to have him on the Jeremiah Johnston Show. And I want to encourage you to connect with him on social media at David S. Dockery. That's his Twitter, David S. Dockery, or on Facebook, David Dockery. Uh, Take us back out of the laboratory of your own life, um, Dr. Dockery, if you would. I want to ask you, how did you become a Christian thinker? How did you um, commit yourself to a biblical worldview? Because we have many people who are listening, and they want to do what you're saying. They want to think Christianly, as you just said earlier, but they don't necessarily know the immediate next steps. And it helps, I think, if we can see it illuminated through your life. Tell us a little bit about your journey, because we see you now uh, with the great impact you've made. But take us back into your early years. Um, how, how did this happen? Did you come from a Christian home, a Christian worldview? I mean, how did you – we don't wake up in the morning and just become a Christian thinker. There are steps. So take us through those, if you would. Well, I was privileged uh, to grow up in a Christian home. My mother and father were very Faithful uh, church members and uh, lay leaders in the church. My mother was my first Bible teacher who mm. um, taught me the Bible stories and helped me learn to begin to memorize Bible verses. Um, so I'm always grateful for that heritage. But I, but I, I grew up in basically a you know a blue collar context and even the idea of going to, to to college and exploring important issues was not a given in our community and I was the first person in my family to go to college um, so I think if you would have seen me at 15 18 uh, and said you know this is the path this person is heading it it may not have made sense at the time. Mm. Um, there was a, an important change that happened in my life. I mean, I was a Christ follower, but uh, I was involved with Campus Crusade for Christ, what is now called mm. CRU, sure. uh, when I was a student at the University of Alabama. And between my sophomore and junior year, I went to a summer-long program that uh, this ministry sponsored called Institute for Biblical Studies, and for the first time learned to study the Bible seriously and to mm. think theologically about some matters. And I, I, that summer changed my life. And uh, I came back with a renewed commitments and asked the Lord for the privilege to study His Word and if 
opportunities came to be able to teach it to others. I didn't really know what all that would mean, uh, mm. but I remember praying that prayer, and uh, the Lord opened up doors for which I could receive the kind of education and preparation that was needed uh, by going to seminary and graduate school and studying with you know brilliant thinkers like James Leo Garrett, probably the best theologian in Baptist life in the second half of the 20th century, and some fine New Testament uh, scholars as well, who, who incidentally were not um, evangelicals, but uh, William Baird and W.D. Davies, some very fine Pauline scholars at Texas Christian University. and Then I did a Ph.D. at the University of Texas and studied with... Uh, areas of philosophy and church history and um and that broadened my understanding of the great uh intellectual tradition and the great christian intellectual tradition and so the lord has just kind of used each step along the way to prepare me and open up doors that i could not have envisioned 40 years ago now i step back and with great thanksgiving to god uh for the opportunities of ministry that I've been given. Praise God. And wow, I'm thinking of Mrs. Dockery, who was the first to teach you the Bible. Uh, what a blessing. Um, friends, we've got to step away for 90 seconds. I'm going to be back um, talking with our special guest today on the Jeremiah Johnston Show, Dr. David Dockery. I'm going to be asking him about his book, Christian Higher Education, as well as what's happening today. What are some of the trends and what is he seeing, not just from the students, but from the parents? What's he excited about and what's uh, perhaps concerning? So stay with us. We'll be back in 90 seconds. Welcome back to the program. This is Jeremiah Johnston. I'm joined by President David Dockery, who serves as the 15th president of the Trinity International University and is widely regarded by all as one of the great Christian university presidents in our world and who has certainly been a mentor, a confidant to so many. Dr. Dockery, you've been talking to us about your own journey into becoming a Christian thinker and to loving God with your heart, soul, and mind thinking Christianly. Um, that was so powerful, friends. If you missed the previous segment, he discussed how he was at the University of Alabama, and it was an Institute for Biblical Studies experience during the summer um, that whet his appetite into going deeper, not only to study the Word, but if God would grace him with opportunities to teach it to others. Such a powerful statement. Thank you, Dr. Dockery, for that. Um, but I want to switch gears now because recently uh, you've put out a book that you led and edited called Christian Higher Education. It's published by Crossway. I have it right here in my hands. It's just a phenomenal book with several just tremendous um, contributors as well. Um, and I noticed that you begin uh, the entire book with really a very helpful survey of the importance of Christian education historically. Um, can you just talk for a moment about how if really if there was no Christian faith, um, you, we may not have universities or education as we know it today. Can you just speak about that for a few minutes? Yeah, I think that I think that's definitely the, the case in the Western world. Um, but, you know, the idea of teaching others is embedded in the Judeo-Christian heritage and in the book of Deuteronomy uh, the nation of Israel is called to teach its children and to pass along the faith Jesus called his disciples and one of the la his last command was to 
teach others also mm. uh, all the things that he had taught them there to turn around and teach others. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that his two apostolic legates, Timothy and Titus, in very similar ways, the things you've heard from me uh, in the presence of many witnesses, uh, teach to others so that they in turn can teach others. And so this idea of teaching your children, teaching the mm. next generation, passing on the Christian truths is embedded in the uh both the Old Testament and the New Testament, and is picked up uh, by the uh, early church leaders in the uh, second century. And soon there are not what we would call, you know, in universities or institutions, but there are schools of thought uh, that developed in Antioch and Alexandria in particular, uh, in which people learned how to develop theological thoughts and interpret the Bible, and uh, that really comes to, uh, you know, a, a pivotal point, uh, a zenith in many ways, with St. Augustine, uh, with his thoughts about the city of God and how to bring all of life together under the lordship of, of Christ. And that uh, Augustine tradition shapes many aspects of the uh, medieval period, and the 11th, 12th, 13th century uh, the development of formal institutions, yeah. uh, universities that develop in Europe. And they come together uh, in a very formal way, carrying on the work that had been done in these various stages that I've just mentioned uh, previously. And so the idea of a university, uh, the idea of bringing people together to, you know, have a contest of ideas and to uh, teach and prepare others to think and engage uh, issues and prepare people for life, not just prepare people for a vocation or a job, as important as that is, but, you know, for bigger uh, ideas uh, is is really shaped by the Christian faith and the, and the great Christian intellectual tradition. And, and uh, almost every great institution started that way, uh, whether in, at Oxford or Cambridge or Harvard or Yale. Um, you know, many of them have lost sight of the, their heritage, but that doesn't take away from their founding and the vision that brought them into being. And um, we, we, the, the, the idea of education as we know it owes much uh, to the Judeo-Christian heritage and particularly to the great Christian intellectual tradition. Dr. Dockery, how have the views of parents changed towards Christian higher education and your career? I mean, do they do they value education as much, or are they just looking for a safe place for their students to attend school? Well, that's an excellent question, Jeremiah, and, and I think there has been some change. Uh, as you noted, I've been serving as a Christian University president for more than two decades, and before that I served as a chief academic officer, and before that as a faculty member, so... I don't want to date myself as being too old here, but <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been doing this for a while, and uh, I, I've seen changes. And uh, I, I, I'll say 
kind of three stages. When, when I began my work as a faculty member and even as a as an, uh, young administrator, the case we had to make to parents was the value of Christian higher education. Uh, people believed in education, uh, but they weren't sure that there was something of value, distinctive, mm-hmm. different, you know, that it was worth the extra price. Um, so you had to make that case. Um, now, uh, you know, several decades later, we have to take the conversation back some, and we have to make the case, first of all, for the value of higher education. Mm-hmm. People even question whether it's worth, you know, of worth. Uh, and so we begin there, and then you have to help people understand the difference between private education and public education, and why private education, with its smaller faculty-student ratio, its commitment to the liberal arts and uh, to a more caring approach to learning, mentoring mm-hmm. uh, approach, um, is you know has a value-added aspect to it. And then the third piece of that takes you back to that first question: is then why Christian private higher education? Because not only do you get all those things that you get with private education, but you get the Christian faith to bear upon all of those things, influencing all of those things, providing the framework for how you do it. So it's more than just a caring environment. It's more than just a safe place for uh, students. You hope it is that. It's more than just a place where people can experience community with other Christ followers, and certainly that's incredibly valuable. But it's learning how to think Christianly about all aspects of life. And uh, to do that, we talk about bringing the Christian faith, not just our experience, but the Christian faith that's been passed down to us through the years, uh, to bear upon the learning process. And we ask, what does that have to do with the arts? What does that have to do with science? What does that have to do with the humanities? What does that have to do with professional programs? And it helps students then connect the dots to develop a Christian worldview. And then you can say to parents, this is the reason that this education is distinctive and worth your investment. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us on the Jeremiah Johnson Show, our guest today is Dr. David Dockery. I want to encourage you to connect with him on social media, buy his books. I've been discussing Christian higher education recently published by Crossway Publishers. Um, staying in this same vein, uh, Dr. Dockery, how have the students coming to a Christian university changed over the course of your career? And I, I ask this for a specific purpose for the many pastors who interact with this program. You know, what do these changes signal about what's happening in the local church today? And I mean, church capital C, not any particular denomination, or but what are your thoughts there? Well, I think um, students come with. Um, an understanding that being a Christian in today's context requires some courage and conviction that it's not just a cultural Christianity. Uh, and so they, they have, they're willing to carve out uh, a place of difference for themselves. Um, at the same time, that culture has influenced them far more than they know. Mm. And uh, they come 
in some ways captive to that culture without realizing it. And uh, the church has not formed them Christianly. And so we have to begin not just to educate them in a particular subject area, but to begin the idea of spiritual formation in their lives. And they come, frankly, not as biblically literate as Mm -hmm. students 25 years ago. And I don't know if that's because of social media, uh, changes in context and culture, the way we teach and preach in churches. You know, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone, but I think it's a reality that students are not as biblically literate as they were 25 years ago. And so we have encouraged our professors in the Bible area to take a step back, not make presumptions, not assume they can jump into difficult questions, but to make sure people have a firm grounding of the teachings of Scripture and the overall overarching biblical story uh, before getting to those debated areas. And so I think we have to do it. You know, we need to become better partners. The institutions and churches, I'm not sure we've worked together the way that we should and see have seen each other as, you know, colleagues and co-laborers in this collaborative project of forming and shaping and preparing the next generation. And so spiritual formation, theological formation, biblical information, all of that is essential for genuine transformation to happen in the life of those students. So powerful. Friends, we've got to step away for 90 seconds. Our time is going quickly. We have only one more segment with Dr. David Dockery. And again, don't forget, you can submit your questions at askjjj.com. Yes, Dr. Dockery just said it. We've got to find better ways to partner and work together to tear down what sometimes seems to be this artificial wall between the church and education. I look forward to talk more on the other side of the break about ways we can do that. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jeremiah Johnson Show. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. Our guest today is Dr. David Dockery, president of Trinity International University. We've been discussing his brand-new book, Christian Higher Education, one of 60 books that he's contributed to, this one put out by Crossway. Uh, I also have in my hand uh, just a phenomenal um, book, uh, so wonderful. It's called The Great Tradition of Christian Thinking. Dr. Dockery, I don't know if you and I were separated at birth or something, but so much of what you put out, um, I just love. I love uh, reclaiming the Christian intellectual tradition. Um, can you just discuss this, these smaller books that are put out by Crossway for a moment and why they're so important? I just love this, and I'm specifically thinking of the great cr- tradition of Christian thinking, and I actually have the student's guide. Well, uh, thank you. It's, I was invited by Crossway uh, to put together a little series that you have described. It actually comes out of the chapter in a book that I wrote in 2008 called uh, Renewing Minds, Serving Church and Society uh, Through Christian Higher Education. And uh, there is a chapter in that book called Reclaiming the Christian Intellectual Tradition. And built upon that chapter, Crossway asked if I would put a little 
series together of how the Christian intellectual tradition could be reclaimed in every major discipline across a uh, liberal arts area. And so we have given it a try, and we tried to make the little books uh, readable and accessible and, uh, you know, to, to really be introductory tools for people. It's a 15-volume series, and the book to which you have referred is Volume 1. Uh, it's co-authored by my dear friend Timothy George, I'm with my dear friend Timothy George, who is the dean at Beeson Divinity School. And um, we attempted to talk about how Christian thinking has shaped the Christian faith in some of the ways we've alluded to already in this uh, program. But we talk about the fact that uh, even in the Bible, faith is used in in two ways. Uh, One, what we believe in and what we believe that. And believing that requires content to it and requires something we think about Uh, and sometimes the word faith is used in a very objective sense like that Jude 3 the the faith had been delivered to the saints Ephesians 4 there is one faith one Lord one baptism and that's not talking about one experience it's talking about one body of truth Uh, Paul uses the term the teaching to describe that often in the pastoral epistles. And so there is this body of truth that is the Christian faith that has been passed along through the uh, years, and people have thought deeply about it, and it has led to uh, this great tradition of Christian thinking, which is the title of that book. And so that becomes the foundation from which we address which we address issues of uh, the liberal arts, the humanities, politics, philosophy, uh, social sciences, natural sciences, uh, media, journalism, uh, arts and music, uh, the whole spectrum. And the last two volumes, one on education and one on economics. Uh, and, and we think it's a, a wonderful tool to put in the hands of not only of students, but pastors and church leaders and even uh, beginning faculty members and certainly board members. So they really understand what we're trying to do in Christian higher education, uh, that there is a Christian way of thinking about all of these matters. Mm, so good. Um, and again, our guest today, if you're just joining us, is Dr. David Dockery. You can connect with him on Twitter at David S. Dockery or Facebook David Dockery. I want to encourage you to follow him and connect with him on all forms. Um, for all the parents listening and the grandparents listening who are really surrogate parents, if you could give a word of advice to those parents or surrogate parents, especially as it relates to students who will be entering higher education, what, what's your word of advice for them today? Hmm. I would tell them to take advantage of uh, the wonderful privilege that's given to them to you know study hard, make good use of their time, make wise choices, choose school they want to go to carefully. They're not all the same. Um, they may use some of the same language but look very diff- you know, discerningly uh, at those schools so that you are making a wise decision. Um, 
study not just to get a job, uh, but to study to prepare for the next 40 years of your life and uh, take advantage of that opportunity. You know, one of the great things about most Christian colleges is that you get the best faculty members that they have, uh, even in your freshman and sophomore year. Uh, that's not true in most big public universities where you don't get their best faculty to you begin to take your courses in your major, your junior and senior year. You study with a lot of graduate students and teacher assistants during your freshman and sophomore year. And so it's a very different kind of education. So you don't want to waste any of that time. You don't want to waste those first two years. You want to uh, soak it in and learn how to uh, use this time as wisely as you can to be a good steward of that privilege. And so to the degree that parents and grandparents can help 18-year-olds begin to think that way, and I understand I was 18 once and didn't quite have things figured out, so a lot of 18-year-olds don't. And so, you know, we have to be patient with them and shepherd them and help them any way we can. But uh, give them that wise best advice you can uh, pass on wisdom to them and hope that they will take advantage of the opportunity if they're given the privilege to to study at a, a, a great Christian school. You have received many leadership awards, Dr. Dockery, and I want to switch gears for a moment. Even more recently, the John Dellenbach Global Leadership Award by the CCCU. Um, individuals have begun noticing, actually taken notice at, at academic levels, at the way in which you approach uh, leadership in very much a mentorship fashion. Um, and there are several key people serving and senior positions around Christian education and, of course, in the church who studied under you. Um, what is a nugget of leadership that you can give for the leaders listening? What's perhaps the most important thing you've learned about leadership that you obviously have emulated throughout your career? Well, I think I've accepted the invitation to move into leadership roles and administration, not necessarily something I was striving for or looking to do, uh, something that the Lord opened as a door. But I told people I would do it if I could continue what I thought was my first calling, and that was to live out my calling to be a teacher and a theologian uh, in a leadership role. And so I've tried to develop a theologically shaped understanding of what leadership is and carry on that mentoring role with people around me and to invest in them, uh, to learn to think together, to, to see leadership in a collaborative way and develop a team approach to leadership so that we all bring our various strengths, gifts, and skills to bear upon uh, the work. And uh, by the grace of God, there are now people in leading Christian organizations and key pastoral roles and about seven or eight or so in leading Christian colleges. And uh, the Lord's been good in that way to uh, allow me to do what Paul said to Timothy and Titus, you know, things that heard from him pass on to faithful men and women who can do the same. And so I tried to invest in others and pass on a little bit that I know and hopefully make a difference in their life so that they can make a difference in the lives of others and the lives of other institutions. So you're saying that uh, you were available. It's a, it's a, 
you you had this availability though in that yes you weren't necessarily looking for it but you it sounds to me like you weren't afraid to move out of your comfort zone as the lord w- when the lord clearly opened the door is that right yeah i think that's definitely the case i i, I tried to make myself available to be uh, used uh, in the way that uh, i i since the Lord's leading in my life at the time, but it, it seems uh, He's it, blessed that uh, blessed those steps in ways far beyond anything I could have imagined uh, 25 years ago. It really is. And friends, I would point you to an article: "Proteges Who Become Presidents." Um, our time is going fast. I hope to have Dr. Dockery on again to do an entire show an entire episode on leadership because there's so much we can learn from in this regard Uh, but i want to completely switch gears dr dockery i'm going to be speaking in your home state of alabama in a few weeks um i i did something really because my wife encouraged me to do this when we founded our organization christian thinker society 10 years ago plus now where i would actually speak or lecture a shorter amount of times in our larger events and i would just throw it open for people to text their questions in and I was nervous because I didn't think people would want to participate. What if nobody asked questions? You just stand up there and look silly. But I was amazed and overwhelmed uh, by the thousands of questions that would be turned in at every event. It didn't matter if it w- which denomination, which country we were in. And I began to notice that vulnerability is really the new superpower to reach people. But I, what I was shocked by, I'm a historical Jesus scholar. I'm, a new te- I'm an exegete. That's what I do. But my number one question, Dr. Dockery, is suicide and mental health in the Christian life. Mm. I mean, by a mile. In fact, I recently spoke and said this is the number one apologetics question of our time. To make a long story very short, I'm going to be speaking in the home state, in your home state, with the state attorney general of Alabama. I would ask for your prayers because Steve Marshall, who's currently the attorney general, his wife just died by suicide a few months ago. And they attended regularly their local church. And to tell you about his courageous faith, um, he's going to stand up. He's going to talk about it. I'll speak, Kay Warren and others. Friends, check out Not Alone Conference. Just Google that. Uh, But I just share that, that just sharing that there's been a vulnerability there. That's a big unanswered question that people have. Um, We only have about two minutes left. But when I think about you, someone who's thought deeply through so many issues, is there an unanswered question, a hankering question that if you could ask God or if you could ask Jesus anything right now, what would it be? I'd be interested to hear your answer. Well, uh, there are there's a list of questions, uh, you know, that we live with. Un- I think we go through this life, they remain unanswered. Uh, we live in mystery. Uh, we learn to trust God and his providence. Uh, but uh, those questions about suffering that you have just raised uh, certainly are key questions, um, questions about God's sovereignty continue to baffle me, but not to be overly pious. Um, mm. But I think the question I would ask is, uh, comes out of uh, Wesleyan hymn. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain? From me to him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can it be? This is the question. That thou, my God, how did you die for me? Uh, I'm just overwhelmed when I reflect on that. And I think if I can ask Jesus one question, that'll be the song I sing with that question in mind. Recognition that I am totally dependent upon him for this life and for sustenance and provision and 
so so I, I come with nothing but thanksgiving in my heart in asking that question. Wow. Friends, I don't know about you, but that just gave me chills. What a word to end on. Our special guest today has been Dr. David Dockery. If you've missed any of this program, go back, subscribe to the podcast. We've got to step away. I'm going to be back with the final segment, taking your questions. Dr. Dockery, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you. I'm honored and blessings to you, Jeremiah. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. We've been dedicating this entire program to being a critical Christian thinker, or as President David Dockery said, thinking Christianly. Um, That would definitely be another way of saying being a critical thinker, thinking Christianly. But what does the Bible say about why you should be a critical Christian thinker? Uh, Immediately, and I'm reading out of the ESV, Proverbs 14, 15 comes to mind. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. You know what? As Christians, we're not to be credulous, easily led astray, gullible. And friends, in the era of fake news and social media education, wow, there is so much bad information flying away. It's only a few clicks away on your smartphone. And so here in Proverbs, it says the prudent gives thoughts to his steps. What about 2 Timothy 2.7? Think over what I say. The Lord will give you understanding in everything, Paul wrote to Timothy. I love Acts 17.11. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. I love the Berean Christians. They checked things out according to the word of God. We love our pastors. We, I hope you love this show. I hope at the same time you always take things that are said by our guests, by me, back to what the word of God says. That means you're being a critical Christian thinking. You want to interact with it. Okay, I heard Jeremiah say this. Well, what's the Bible say? And let's interact with those things, because after all, it is not hard to do heresy. As I say on this program all the time, all you need is the Bible in no context, Jesus in no context, and that is when heresy happens. And so what are some immediate steps that you can take right now to be a Christian thinker? Number one, you can just decide, I am going to be a critical Christian thinker. I am not going to be gullible anymore. I'm going to go deeper in my faith. And then there's some practical things that you can do. Make sure you have a good study Bible that gives you the context of the book that you're studying. So important. Get a good just Bible dictionary with you. Um, buy one on a used bookstore. I buy a lot of used books from abebooks.com, abebooks.com. Get a great Bible dictionary in your library where you can check things out for yourself. Don't just take everyone's word for it. Check it out for yourself. And then go ahead and just get some commentaries. There are some fantastic commentaries out there. And as I've said before, I've given out on this show many times before my list of recommended commentaries for every single book in the New Testament. So I would, I would definitely implore you to check that out. And nothing replaces the word of God in our lives. The Bible is a protective wall around our hearts. So make sure that you are investing in reading the Bible meditating on the scriptures. Nothing will make you a more clear Christian thinker than centering your mind and your heart on the Holy Scriptures. Remember, that's what Acts 17.11 did. They examined the scriptures daily to see 
if these things were so. What a great program we've had today. Again, my thanks to President David Dockery, and my thanks to you for joining us. Be sure and subscribe to this program on our podcast, and definitely check out the Jeremiah Johnston Show website. And if you want any resources or Bible studies that I've written, you can look at those at ChristianThinkers.com. I hope that you'll leave this program making an immediate commitment to be a critical Christian thinker. It's been so great to have you join us. I'm praying for you as the listener, and I hope that you're praying for me as well and for everyone uh, that has a hand in putting this broadcast together. And of course, our thanks to the wonderful people of Faith Radio. I will see you next time on The Jeremiah Johnston Show. Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Thanks for listening to the podcast from The Jeremiah Johnston Show. I definitely want to hear from you, so if you have a follow-up question from today's program, you can submit it to me at www.askjjj.com. you also see how you can connect with us from there across social media. And don't forget, these conversations are available because of listener support. And you can make a gift right now to the Faith Radio Network at www.myfaithradio.com. And to avoid missing future editions of The Jeremiah Johnston Show, please subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. You can do a Google Play, RSS feed. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of the program.